This is our Igrish year. And um, today we're talking about something that I've been pushing off for quite a while. I've been, I've been looking at Shazar letters for months now and not using them and kind of compiling them and waiting until the moment that felt right to do, to do the Shazar story. We're not going to have time to do the full story of the president of Israel, Shazar, and his relationship with the Rebbe. But uh, today felt like a good enough day for it. Today is the day that uh, over in Eretz Israel they're celebrating Yom Ha'atzma'ut. So I'd, uh, I'd hoped to drag in some of, our, uh, some of our Israeli regulars, but I hear they're too busy with their barbecues. So for now... We're just going to, uh, we're going to talk about it. This is a sort of a, a connection with the Jews over there, right? We're going to talk about Israeli politics a little bit, specifically Shazar. So I do want to give you a little background, uh, I think, before we go into our letters about who Shazar was and who he is. I don't think everybody, when you say Shazar, immediately knows who he was. He was born in 1889 in Mir, which was in White Russia. His parents were Chabad Chassidim going way back, and he's named for the Alter Rebbe. His name, is, his name was uh, Shner Zaman Shazar. So he's named for the Alter Rebbe. He received smicha. I don't know if a lot of people know that. He had smicha. And a lot of letters the Rebbe refers to him has things like, I think in one of them, the Rebbe calls him a Rav uh, The Rebbe refers to him under, under the language that he usually reserves for Rabbanim, perhaps because he actually did have smicha. He received smicha in 1905. When he was younger, he became very involved in Pailetzian. Pailetzian was this movement of Marxist, Zionist, Jewish workers in Europe, spread throughout the entire Europe, and a lot of them went toward founding the modern state. He visited Eretz Yisrael in 1911, but then he went back to Russia to serve in the army there, which I didn't know either. And then after that, he went back to Eretz Israel in 1924, and he started living in Tel Aviv. He was the editor-in-chief of an Israeli newspaper for a little while, and then he was elected to the first Knesset in 1949 as a Mapai party member. That's the Democratic Socialist. So it kind of fits his uh, Pilatesian Marxist Zionist roots. He was a minister of education under Ben-Gurion, and he was elected president of Israel in 1963. He served two terms from 1963 to 1973, and he died only a year later. He died in 1974. So the last 11 years of his life, 10 years of his life, he spent as the president of Israel, and he died only a year after that. Uh, he was deeply involved in Lubavitch throughout his life, and deeply involved, or at least somewhat involved, with three rabbeim. He met the Rebbe Rashab. Did you know that? He met the Rebbe Rashab. He met the Rebbe Rashab in 1910 at Anasifa. There was an Anasifa's Rabbanim. I believe he was there with the Zionist group but according to a book, and by the way, I should mention, there is a, there is a book now, it's not been out a little while, called uh, Nasi V'Chassid. And it's a long book about everything that Shazar did that had to do with his relationship with Chabad. It's a thick book. I was flipping through it. It's on Eretz Chachma. So I was flipping through and reading it. I got a lot of this from there. He met the Rebbe in 1910 at Anasifa. I believe he was there for part of the Zionist cause, but he was taking notes. And according to him, the Rebbe Rashab treated him like one of the Hasidim because he was clearly also representing Hasidic interests. He wasn't working against us. He was working with us. So he was treated like one of the chassidim while he was there. And he took notes about everything that Rebbe Rashab said. He has a transcript of the Rebbe Rashab's speeches at this asifa. In 1971, he gave our Rebbe that transcript. So he gave the Rebbe the transcript of what the Rebbe Rashab said at the asifa. He, throughout the Nasius, was constantly giving the Rebbe little gifts from uh, old transcripts, uh, handwritten documents from the Alta Rebbe, from the Rebbe Rashab. He gave him a couple. So he, uh, he frequently gave the Rebbe these artifacts. This is one of the artifacts he gave to the Rebbe, was a transcript of the discussion he heard from the Rebbe Rashab at the Asifa. In 1927, he flew to Berlin uh, to intervene and try to get the president of Germany to, uh, to get the Friedrich Rebbe out of prison when the death sentence was passed. So he was also involved in freeing the Friedrich Rebbe from prison. I'm not sure how important in the end the president of Germany was. I'm not sure how important this trip was, but he did fly to Berlin specifically to do that. So he was involved in trying to free the Friedrich Rebbe from prison. In 1948... And this is where things get pretty exciting. In 1948, he went to the UN to, uh, to go for the vote for, for the founding of the State of Israel, um, which I guess the anniversary of is right now. So he's at the UN, and um, they're waiting to see how the votes are going to come in. And it looks like they don't necessarily have a majority, and everybody's very nervous. And he says that the day of the vote, the, 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 day of the, vote, the phone rings in his hotel room, and it's the Rashag. The Rashag's on the phone. 
really paying attention, the Rashag's on the phone. The Rashag's on the phone and tells him that the Friedrich ever wants to know how the vote's going, for the, how the vote's going. Uh-huh. So the Friedrich ever wants to know how the vote's going, which I, I, I mean, this is just shocking to me, this entire story. I knew nothing about this. It's printed in the book. And as a matter of fact, the story I'm about to tell you is so controversial that in the book, Nasi V'chassid, they print seven versions of the story, seven girsais of the story, and all of them more or less say what I'm about to tell you. It's just wild that this happened. So the Friedrich Rebbe calls him in his hotel room and says, how's the, how's the vote going? At least the, the Rashag is relaying this from the Friedrich Rebbe. Uh, he says at the time he didn't know how the vote was going, so he says, that he said back to the Rashag, please tell the Friedrich Rebbe, we need Rachimim Rabim, we need incredible mercy, I'm not sure that we're going to, implying, I'm not sure we're going to, we're going to win the vote, and that there's going to be a state of Israel. Uh, the Rashag relayed this to the Friedrich Rebbe, and according to Shazar, the Friedrich Rebbe told the Rashag to say back to him, Hashem Yisbaruch Yazar, that's the Lashon that comes back, that God should help with the election, that God should help with not the election, the votes, with the UN vote to found the modern state. As you can imagine, this is a controversial statement enough that there are, again, seven versions of exactly what the Friedrich Rebbe said in this book, but all seven reflect the Friedrich Rebbe having called him, asked about the progress, and wishing him success in the vote, which is just, I don't think, known at all. Uh, he also told him to please visit the day after the vote. Shazar did indeed visit the day after the vote, and that's where they began talking about establishing Kfar Chabad. So this was also the first conversation about establishing Kfar Chabad, and Shazar was ultimately instrumental in establishing Kfar Chabad at the request of the Friedrich Rebbe. Shazar actually met the Rebbe... Uh, sorry, at, to visit who we're... The, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm, I'm using too many pronouns. The Friedrich Rebbe asked Shazar to... The UN, the UN was in New York, the UN was in America. Oh, so he came... Yeah, he, come. Was there. He, he, was in, he was in New York for the UN vote, and he asked, the Friedrich Rebbe said, when the vote come, when the vote's finished, come and see me. So the Shazar went to visit the Friedrich Rebbe right after the UN voted to found the modern state. Um, and then, uh, and during that meeting, they had a conversation about Kfar Chabad the first, which ultimately led to the founding of Kfar Chabad. Uh, he was also there for Yudtes Kislev. He was there for Yudtes Kislev that year, then 1948, and he fabrenged with the Friedrich Rebbe Kislev, and that's where he met our Rebbe for the first time. So he met our Rebbe in 1948 at Yudtes Kislev. The dates do work. I thought about it a little. The dates work. Okay. Shazar ultimately met the Rebbe in person 13 times. That's a lot of times. And they sent many letters back and forth. I went through Igris just on to check uh, how many times he's, these letters are in most volumes. It looks to me like most years they sent something like 10 letters back and forth, which is just an enormous amount of mail for, uh, for any one individual to the Rebbe. These are letters the Rebbe wrote back. I have no idea how many he sent the Rebbe, but the Rebbe sent him at least 10 letters a year, more or less. Uh, their most famous meeting is one that you often fabrang about. We've heard about it a lot. My most famous meeting was in 1966. This is shortly after Shazar became president. There was a lot of pressure from the Israeli government for him not to go see the Rebbe. They said it's inappropriate that a president of Israel should go to a Rebbe. The Rebbe should come to him. And he asked the Rebbe, would you be willing to change our usual Seder and come visit me in my hotel rather than me coming to 770 to see you? And the Rebbe considered it. Uh, according to the Yumanim that are published from that time, there are a bunch of journals from that period. The Rebbe went to the oil, and when he came back from the oil, he called Shazar and said, or had somebody call Shazar and say that he didn't get permission from the Friedrich Rebbe to go to him at the hotel, that he didn't have permission. Says, I, he, the, the Lushan that he told Shazar, according to Shazar, he's, he's, he told Shazar in Russian, I'm not a balabas anymore. I can't make these sorts of decisions. That the Friedrich Rebbe said, I can't go to you. So uh, in light of that, Shazar ultimately came to the Rebbe. It was at 11.30 p.m. on Matei Shabbos. There was a lot of fanfare. The Hasidim stood outside and sang the Napoleon's March. The Rebbe came out, they kissed, they hugged. And there's a Yuman that says that Shazar was so overcome with emotion at this moment that he grabbed the Rebbe's beard and he cried out, Rebbe, Rebbe, while holding the Rebbe's beard. Um, this is recorded in the journals at the time. I don't think we have any pictures of that. There are pictures of them meeting and hugging, and there's a, there's a lot of close physical contact. 
At one point during this, Yechidus Shazar mentioned a few Rabbanim by name who spoke out against Eretz Yisrael and Medina Yisrael, and he thanked the Rebbe for never doing so, and the Rebbe said that they too love Eretz Yisrael deep down, they just don't say it very much. Another interesting thing that came up in this Yechidus is that according to Shazar, Shazar later on told people about his Yechidus, that, uh, that Shazar said that the Rebbe told him that uh, one of the main reasons that he was unable to visit him in the hotel is that this is the place, this 770 is the place where the Fiyad could have danced on some Chaskera, cried on Tishabav, and where thousands of Yidin receive guidance and strength, and you can't bring that to a hotel, Shazar said the Rebbe told him in, in Yechidus. So that's Shazar's biography and sort of his relationship with Lubavitch. I picked three letters for us, two of them from our year and one from 10 years before our year. Our year was his last year in office. So our year that we're learning this year is exactly 50 years ago, which would have been 1973, his last year in office. And um, the Rebbe has uh, two letters to him that are sort of about the end of his term as president. Before we look at those, though, I wanted to go back in time to exactly 10 years before that, where the Rebbe congratulates him on becoming president. And I think through these three letters, you get a really good idea of sort of the hadracha and also closeness that the Rebbe, and Shaz- that the Rebbe shared with Shazar. That in addition to being a, I mean, that, what do I mean by it? I'm trying to think of how, of how I mean this exactly. I'm looking for the right word. I feel like the Rebbe gives Shazar a lot more hadracha than he gives other people in letters. He almost talks to him like a mashpia, not just like a Rebbe. And I think you'll, maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't when you see the Lushan, but he sort of, he's providing guidance in a way that is very personal, I think. Okay, so over here, this is Tavshin Chaf Gimel. This is the year that he became president, and this is the letter that the Rebbe wrote to him congratulating him on becoming president. So he writes, Shalom Ubrach, Niskablu it's on, it's on your screen. Niskablu the uh, results of the elections have come in for president, Bin Nishalech, I believe that's a kvedev, to, to your honor, the Rebbe says that I'm sending you a congratulations, a heartfelt uh, congratulations that it should be, that should be in, a, in a good and proper and successful hour. There should be success in all the specifics. And he says, especially since when it comes to the Jewish people, Gashmis and Ruchnis are one. Gam Gashmis B'nei Yisrael is the Ruchnis, their Gashmis is the Ruchnis. As a continuation from a letter that I sent earlier this week, I assume that you've received it in its proper time. The Rebbe goes on to say, The Rebbe goes, it's a minute for us to say Mazel Tov when you win an election, but the truth is it's going to be a lot more work. It's going to be very hard for you. You're going to have new responsibilities. Nonetheless, Minig Yisrael is Tera, which means it's true. We'll move on. We'll move on. Certainly, the Rebbe says, you were given all of the strength that you need in order to fulfill all of these responsibilities you'll have as president. Certainly, you'll also get significant help. That this should all, his term should be in good health and with joy and with a goodly heart. Along with all the meanings of this in Chassidus, Maschel from the from the uh, from the Bal Yosef, Chidish Yosef, Ad Marazakin, and then from the Alter Rebbe, Shashani Hishnasa Mea, Vechamishim Listalkos Hilul Shalei. That this was the what is that? That's the hundred and fiftieth year since the Alter Rebbe's Listalkos was that year. The Chavadu Kodav Bracha Rab Bchalamor. The Rebbe goes on to give more brachas. Benusach Hayedua of the three of the Rebbe, the Kabbalah Sater of Simcha of Nimius, because that was the time of year. And then there is sort of a, a, uh, a PS. And the Rebbe's PS, I will note, just to make it more exciting, look at the very bottom of his PS where he apologizes for the PS. That's how you know it's going to be a good one. Whenever you get an apology at the bottom, you know it's a real zinger. Look at the last line. It's, uh, there's room to say that this was not protocol for me to write this to you. So I wrote it after the signature. And if there is need for it, I'm sorry. So here's what the Rebbe says that he thinks needs to go below the signature that he needs to apologize for. 
it's inappropriate to talk about people who are already dead. I still feel like I can't hold back from something I've thought a whole lot. That it seems like in the days before your election, you started changing your tune a little bit in your public speeches. Um, what is that? What is that abbreviation? Uh, I don't know. I think it means he's not alive anymore, though. Right. That's the yod I was looking for. Thank you. So what had happened is, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I think his predecessor had just died. And what he's saying in his speeches that the, mean the previous president of Israel had died. And he started saying in his speeches close to the elections in order to win more votes and more confidence that he'd be continuing the legacy of his of his, of his predecessor. That he'd be acting like the previous president. The Rebbe does not like this at all. It is my hope, and I hope that it will happen practically. You won't just use the possibilities that are available to you in your position right now. You'll open them up wider and you'll increase them. And you'll do this in a pleasing way, but you'll also do this in a pleasant way, but you'll also do it in a harsh way. The Rebbe is saying that don't just keep the office of president what it's been in the past. I expect you to peacefully but uh, with with uh, with a force, expand the role. Certainly, all of your actions will be in the spirit of the Jewish people. Which is in line with what with, with, with the Torah which we received at Har Sinai. And what happened regarding your predecessor, who is not alive anymore? This should have no effect on the way you act right now. And I think the Rebbe is knocking his predecessor here with this Lushen. It's a Lushen from Kulin that has very little to do with the context. Some people want and they can't. Some people can't and they don't want. But we want somebody who both wants and wants. And you have the will to do this too. I think what he's saying here is that his predecessor either didn't want to do things or couldn't do things, but either way, things didn't get done. And he doesn't want him to just follow in the footsteps of his predecessor, but to expand the role and do a lot more with the role of president than whatever was done previously. And as I said, the Rebbe ends this letter by saying, I know this is in protocol and it comes after the signature um, because of that, but if I do need to apologize, I'm sorry. Somewhat uh, strong words where he's giving him direction about what kind of a president he wants him to be. So 10 years later, we come to our letter, which is the focus of today, these two letters. Uh, this one is right before the end of his term, right before the end of his second term. He won two terms. So right before the end of his second term, he writes to Shazar. And remember, a lot's happened in between. The visit we talked about has happened in between. About 10 letters every year have happened in between. They've met several times in between. So a lot's happened over this 10-year period. Now we're looking back at the end of his time as president. And he gives him this long introduction up here. I don't know what half of these mean, but I know that Bachar Me'am is the most choice of his nation. He's raised up above his people. Somebody who seeks out good for his people. Somebody who has a generous nature. Who is a descendant of great family, which uh, I believe he's related to the Altarebbe, not just from, uh, I think he's related to the line somehow. I don't know exactly how. But even if he's not, he's related to great people. He's a descendant of the Bach, actually. Uh, I found that somewhere lying around. So he certainly has great ancestors. I think that's Merdeno. What is that? What's Memveh usually? What's that one? Do you know what that one usually is? Merdeno Rav. Rav. Yeah. So that's once again, I said, the Rebbe, in a couple cases, he does call him Rav. He does have Smith, as we talked about earlier. Shner Zaman, Shlitas. This is just Shazar. Shalom Ubracha. And the earlier ones, the earlier ones are Vasak Vachasid, Ishire Lekim, Nichbod Venala. Wow. Thank you very much. As Vasak Vachasid, Isha Lekim. And what's the last one? Ishire Lekim, Nichbod Venala. Nichbod Venala. Okay. But I put in the chat box earlier that Shazar stands for Shazam Rubashov, his last name. Right. His last name was what? It was something with a race. What's his last name? Rub- Rubashov. Rubashov. Okay. In any event, 
He writes, Shalom Abracha, and the first part of this we don't really have to read. He tells them to have a good Pesach. And you can read it on your own time, but I don't want to spend too much time since we're already, we're already probably going over. Okay, we have down here our PS, which is where all the action always happens in Shazar letters. Shazar letters are all about the PSs. He says, I've received what you sent over, and uh, thank you very much. Tamasi, the Rebbe goes, in addition to that, however, I am very surprised. And Timpein Mahul Bitsar, it is an upset surprise, not a good surprise, a bad surprise. The way that you've been acting and the way that you've been speaking, sort of the spirit around you these past few uh, these past few days, I guess, this, this recently. Recently, the sort of matzav ruach that you've been in. Shtamakinira, the reason why you've been acting in this way, I think, says the Rebbe, appears, you'll end up, um, I should translate better, uh, it, the, the reason appears to be that in these next few weeks, you're going to be ending your term as president. So you think maybe it's already time for you to look like somebody who's, who's stepping out of office. You're trying to wind down things, close up shop. You're trying to close uh, close your responsibilities here. And so you're speaking in a way of somebody who's ending their job. The Rebbe says, The Rebbe goes, first of all, that's not, that's not acceptable at all. It's not right. So I'm going to apologize very much. Since certainly your goal is to work with faith, that your goal is that your job should be done with faith. Therefore, you should understand that every single day you have an obligation to fulfill your mission in this role. Just like you did on the first day of your presidency 10 years ago. So Rebbe says to him, I don't want you winding down. Down until the last day you're in office, I expect you to work just as hard and with the same spirit that you did on your first day in office. Along with that, Furthermore, you've been given all every you've been given everything you need in order to fulfill your role. You also are getting all sorts of merit for fulfilling your role. So he says to him, You have all the energy from God that you had on day one. I expect you to do all the things that you were doing on day one, and you'll get all the schos you were getting on day one. Nothing should be stopping. There's no such thing as winding down just because it's near the end of your term. But Rebbe says, There's no room at all for the mood that you've been in. I could go on. Certainly, this is not. Uh, certainly, you don't need that. I also am worried that I'm going to end up sounding like a magid moser. I don't want to get moser in a letter. So I'm going to end off with the way that they end off, which is fundamental. That we should end. That we should end this time of gullus entirely. And uh, the yield should be fulfilled. And this was sent on Pesach of the year that we're studying now. A couple weeks later, of course, he did actually end his term. And this is in the final days of ER, Tavshin Laman Gimel, 50 years ago. And we're going to look at what the Rebbe sends him now that he's actually done being president. So the Rebbe wants him to finish out his term with Chayas. Now the presidential term is over. What does the Rebbe want from him? By the way, in the year after this, the Rebbe sends, they send back him, the Rebbe sends him another eight or nine letters in the year after this. And the year after that, he's gone. This is one of the final letters that he sends Shazar, and certainly the one immediately after his term of president is over. He writes to him, President Schneer Zaman. I don't know why that's the intro here. He is not the president anymore, and uh, he dropped all the other things. I Funny, when, he's, when, he's, when he's president, the Rebbe calls him Moreno Harav. That's right. He's no president, he calls him president. It's really something. So here he's president. Okay. Look at the lesson there. In honor of the fact that you are now rising to a stage in your life of freedom, that you're free from the chains of the, uh, of the elections, or of, uh, I guess of, of, of ceremony, and of all the limitations you had before, a aliyah 
to a life of great possibilities. Shel pilas v'atzma'us v'atzma'ut. There you go. There's our word of the day. Pilas v'atzma'ut of uh, an independence and of actions of independence. Amitis true independence. Nesav al yitzug umile shlichus. In addition to the fact that you'll now be able to fulfill your shlichus. The Rebbe says to him, you're not going down. This isn't your final. Uh, how's he encouraging somebody who's just finished his term in office? He says, now is an aliyah. Because congratulations on your ascent to a life of freedom and a life of true independence where you can actually uh, expand, where you can actually explore all the possibilities that are inherent to you without being limited by the office that you held before. He says, God should do, it should be God's will. And health and happiness. You should seize on your talents that God gave you. Then through the uh, things that you learned through your work over the past few years, and the lessons and Nisayan, and also the Venisayan Shalamdam Beis Tafkide, all the challenges that you faced when you when you were president, Basically, I hope you take all of your experiences from the past ten years and use them. That should be God's will that through that with uh, health and with joy you'll use all of your prior experiences. Inat Slemon, what should you use them for? Latevas Arabim for the good of the general people. Latevas Aklal, the good of everybody. In a way that increases evermore. Uh, for many, many years, and for many, for many days, and for many years. Uh, the merit of the masses is uh, going to help you for the rest of your life. And and you'll be uh, escorted by the blessings from the rabbim, from everybody. With all sorts of honor and blessings, and uh, with honor and blessings. The Rebbe says, Blessed are you when you leave this job that you had before as president, Dada, to the one you've had up until now. And also, you should be blessed in your in your arrival. To a higher tukufa. Where you'll now be able to act, and action is, of course, the most fundamental thing, and the Rebbe's signature is there. So what we have in these three letters, as a quick review, is we have them, we have him becoming president, the Rebbe saying, I expect you to expand the role, make it a bigger role than it ever was before, not to follow, not to be content to follow in your predecessor's footsteps, but to turn the office of president into something that we can really use. And uh, and he really encourages him to expand the role. Ten years later, as things are winding down, he's starting to wind down too, and the Rebbe tells him, I expect you to go strong until the very last minute because the strength that you have and the uh, abilities you have are given from on high, and you're expected to be doing your job, and for that you'll get all sorts of schluss. And when his time in term, when his term in office is over, the Rebbe seems to feel that this is the beginning of the most important years of his life. Um, as it was, it was only one year of his life. But the Rebbe feels this is the most important stage that will exist and that he'll that he'll have because now he's no longer limited by the office, and now he can truly now he can truly expand his horizons and uh, and help. And I think this might be a dig down here a little bit, Maisehua Iker, that in a lot of cases a president's office, especially the president in Israel, is unable to actually practically do very much. And now the Rebbe is telling him perhaps. But now that he's free of the chains of that office, he's now able to explore practically helping, uh, not just speaking in theory or giving speeches. I don't know for sure. But in any case, the Deb is definitely celebrating a new tukufa in his life, uh, which is obviously the opposite of what people think when they're done their term in office or done their term of work. The Deb is saying, now's the time for you to really, for you to really fly. Okay, that's it. So the only, the you... only comment I have, this is fantastic. I just want to make one comment when we talk about who was the predecessor. I believe that the predecessor that the Rebbe is talking about here is uh, Yitzhak ben Svi, And the reason why I say that is because Yitzhak ben Svi died in 1963. Um, and this, I've just Wikipedia'd it, and I saw Yitzhak ben Svi. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know a lot of the history, but Yitzhak ben Svi is like a very, very known, um, very known fierce Zionist. Uh, I don't think he was very religious at all, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be mistaken. But if you're looking at the timeline, the one that he's talking about in the first letter is most likely Yitzhak ben Svi. What was he trying? What was he trying to different? How was he trying to to separate them? Meaning, 
I don't know because I would have to know more. Know I would what, have to know more about going through then that I was again that I was getting upset about. I would have to know more. I would have to know more about Yitzhak Ben Svi and his and his uh, political stance and also what Shazar was saying at the time because the the other person between Yitzhak Ben Svi and Zaman Shazar was somebody by the name of Kaddish Lutz who uh, who was who died in seventy two, which is but that was just know, the interim guy. Till the election. Yeah, yeah. When when I'm looking online now, it's saying that uh, it's saying that this was uh, that he was he's considered his successor as the president. This other he was an acting because he was just an acting prime minister. He wasn't full prime full president. He was an acting president. We have a yeah, few presidents yeah. that were acting presidents along the history here. They have a a woman by the name of Dalia Itzik who was acting president in July 20, 2007. So you have some people that were acting, and this guy was Kaddish Lutz was an acting uh, president for um, what for how long was he from? Uh, April 1963 to May 1963. <laughs> yeah, he had a one-month uh, acting president gig. So yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. It's almost certainly this uh, this Yitzchak Ben Svi. And I don't know what exactly the Rebbe didn't want him to follow in his footsteps in doing. Um, the only thing we do know is what it says in the letter, which is that one of the things was that he seemed to want the office to be a certain size, that there's a certain role for president, and the Rebbe did not want that to be the role. He wanted the president to have more of a role. And this Ben Svi also, I believe, had Lubavitcher cousins, had uh, some some Kraven that were Lubavitchers. Makes sense. The internet says he was born in Poltava. I don't know if they had a lot of non Lubavitchers in <laughs> Poltava, was a, our part of Ukraine, maybe Russia. <laughs> no, where's the Poltava Nigan? Is, yeah. is that how we're ending English here today? The Poltava Nigan? Parrots hit it. It's so easy. You're going to put it on me? Come on. No, this is this is a very, very, very interesting, interesting, interesting share. But I love the fact, again, I'll reiterate that the Rebbe calls him uh Moreno Harav Vasik Vachasid Ishirei Kim while he's president, and then a year Perhaps. later just President Shneer Zalmashlika. Perhaps the Rebbe was trying to elevate him to do what he wanted by saying, Listen, you're the Harav. You you, you it's we have to know what the context was, what he what he wanted to do. It could be and it could be, I think I think he became less hardline in his stance about peace. Peace with, with the neighbors, I think. Um, I think also what you can you can also say, interestingly, I just thought of it, is that that when he's calling him as president, you look at the context of the letter. The, the context of the letter is okay, now you're free, but you still have a, a posthumous status by being a president of Israel. So that gives you still a certain credibility and, and a capability of doing things, even when you're when you're not in office, just based on your status. So he 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 basically addresses him as his as it with his posthumous status that will actually give him the opportunity within his freedom to accomplish more. I mean, I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just guessing here. Um, Stam on the subject of him having a smicha. I think he was very young when he got smicha. No, I when I did the um, movie, like he was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's um, pretty young. They say they say a story. Whether or not it's true is not important, but the story is funny. That uh, he, you know, in Israel, everybody sits on Shabbos by the bus stops and they chew chew sandwich cast, uh, sunflower seeds all Shabbos. So he said they say he was driving by some Lubavitcher Bachar and he sees him eating sandwich cast. So he rolls down his window and he says, "I'll tell you, Paskins, you know, I'll eat sandwich cast on Shabbos." So it's on Shabbos. It is possible. And I also, I, I, it's, it's, it would make sense. It's also, they, I, I believe that there was once an account, an, a recounting of one of his. Um, his driver that took him to the Rebbe, took him back from the Rebbe, that spoke about the Nigunim, the Chesidish Nigunim, and the Bechiyas, and the tears that he would cry on his way back from visiting the Rebbe to the hotel. I once heard an account of that somewhere. It might be in that book that you're referring to. Also, you mentioned earlier that the Rebbe gave him a lot of Adrach, and it's very possible that 
the Rebbe felt he was a Kali to actually follow it. The Rebbe wouldn't push things that he didn't think would actually happen, I think. But somebody who was a Kali to, to listen and to take it internally, the Rebbe gave a lot of adrachta.